Hey, we are so honored and excited to have Lisa Bevere joining us this week. It's Victory Conference. She just got done preaching an incredible message. This is just a casual interview that we wanted to do with each of our speakers. Um, it's been so powerful. And getting to sit down and talk to speakers about life, family, faith, marriage, love, leadership, and uh, learning to lead. But this time I'm joined with my wife. Yeah, and, thanks for uh, finally inviting me to your podcast. I've been trying to I get my do wife to come you. up here. <laughs> and we were just commenting on the furniture that that um, I don't even recognize. What it, what is this furniture? Restoration hardware. Yeah, and the question was, am I at the stage in my life where I can, can actually have, have this colored furniture? And uh, yeah, boys and kids, stage. they destroy things. Yeah, if, unless this is machine washable, the answer is no. No. <laughs> Now, what's the, Mom's okay, strategies. you just had two sons get engaged this month. Um, they, like, I know most people know your sons, but go ahead and just say their names um, and the ones that are married and the one that's single that we want a girl to find out there. Yeah. So Addison is the oldest. He's been married for 10 years okay. this October, and he has four kids. So he's long time off the market. Austin is getting married. He's my second one. He's getting married September 24th. Super excited to a beautiful girl named Jessica Van Alstein, and she, her dad's on our board. So yay! Wow. So and then Arden, who is my youngest, just got engaged to a beautiful girl named Christian. Okay, and they're getting married in November. So Alex, are they gonna live all in the Colorado Springs? They area? have to. It's okay. kind of like we There's make them. We make them sign a waiver. Like <gasps> they say, "Will you live it with the my family?" And they say yes, and they're like. Will you marry me? That's what happens. I feel That's like only mob moms can do that. Mob moms have to do that because we've had no females in our world. So we need that. So now Alec is engaged right now okay. to a statue, which we all know <laughs> that's wrong. That's she's <laughs> rock solid. And yeah, she's, she's stubborn. But he actually does yeah. have a real girlfriend or no? Or well, is he kind of like open? He, he's, he's not allowed yet to have a girlfriend. I mean, well, we would allow it, but no, he, he has possibilities. Let's put yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Well, your husband was. I'd like, like within a year, I'd like him to, to stop having possibilities and get engaged. <laughs> Capitalize on yes. the possibility. Yes. My, yeah. I, I'm willing for my popularity to plummet, uh, to have more grandkids. That is <laughs> so amazing. funny. Yeah. I was thinking, you've probably had a lot of girls apply to the internship through the years with your boys being single, you feel like that's probably gonna change now a little bit? Yeah, we'll probably have a lot more males involved in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> program. No, to be honest with you, in oh. all fairness, we have some amazing girls and some of them, they just come because they feel like the call of God is on their life to be a woman and a minister. So I, yeah, my boys, maybe, maybe only one or two have even considered them. So come I will on. say Jessica was an intern and oh. that, yeah, it worked out for her. It did work out for she Jessica. She had a really good Come prayer on. life and yes. fasting. In every other spiritual thing, she got that return on her investment. Yes, she kind of okay. looks like a great goddess. So but. question for you. You talked to t today about just liking danger, and I can relate to that. I leaned over to my wife, and I was like, that, I love that, because I'm all about dangerous, exciting, thrilling, um, jumping off a cliff into an ocean type of experiences or scuba diving. So you shared a pretty dangerous story. Is there one you've never shared before that was like life or death threatening moment where you were really freaked out? You know, I'm trying to think of those. Um, I'm pretty transparent. Uh, I, I will say that 
I probably have never been f totally freaked out because once you've had four boys, nothing scares you. <laughs> so I, you know, here, I'm going to tell you where my danger gene came from. When I was five, I lost an eye to cancer and they told me all these things I could never do. And Paul, and Ashley, I don't like hearing that I have limits. Mm. So there was just something that was like, I'm sorry, did you say I can't fly an airplane? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do it. Did you say I should probably not dive? Okay, I'm going to have to be on the diving team. I hit the board a bunch of times, but I did it. So there's something about me that I hate limits. So as of right now, possibly the most terrifying thing I've done is childbirth. <laughs> Which you'll never get you to just do. Told me you would yeah. have like do that eight more times yeah, or something no, but, like that. But Not right was, now, maybe. But it but was later. it was a little terrifying. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, it's yeah. terrifying and amazing. Yes, all at once. Yes, yeah. Totally. We have three boys. Yes, and. You might as well have 10 now. It's, no. it's not going to matter. I'm like, I'm Come on. It's got to be an done. even number. Nah. I want a girl. I, know, I do ready. want a girl. Why? On the day <laughs> you spend the most money on her, she will leave you for another man. Is that the kind of thing you want? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Lisa, put him in jet. <laughs> Ashley, talk a little bit. Ask Lisa questions so that we can learn on raising these boys and keep them. You sent her a text earlier this year. Tell everyone the text. Yeah, well, I mean, I just feel like I'm raising little, like, uh, cage fighter, karate choppers. I want them to wrestle. I honestly think it's hilarious when they wrestle, but I got to know when to blow the whistle. You know, I'm thinking, like, no biting, as soon as no biting happens, you know. So just trying to figure out where to draw the line. They have so much energy, which honestly, like, people are like, how do you get the baby weight off? I'm like, I'm chasing my kids. They have so much energy. So, um, you, I mean, honestly, I feel even bad asking advice about um, raising boys because you have an incredible resource already out there that yeah, I soak you've up. Yeah, listened to it. Um, and can you talk about that resource, though? You and Havila, um, I forgot her last Havila Cunnington. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. She has four boys. Yes. And so, she actually reached out to me on Instagram and was like, Will I make it? Will will I make it? And I was like, oh without my gosh. bruises yeah. and no, black she, no, eyes. No, you will have those. Yeah, I feel so, like I had so it. So we, one. you know, so we started a friendship, and then we realized it was a huge need because yeah. so many women are raising men, little boys, by themselves too nowadays, wow. and they wow. don't know how to do it. And so we wow. started a conversation that we just decided to invite other people and called moms so of good. moms of men. Yeah. And uh, have a little with the young kids, me with the older ones. But yeah, with biting is wrong. We can't we can't bite. Yeah. Uh, and scratching is wrong. So we yeah. always kind of said no blood, no blood, and you're not allowed to hit a younger. So like wrestling, mm. yes. My boys still wrestle. It's still pretty hilarious. Um, oh, I was cracking up at the story about how you were trying to like pull the carpet from one of your like basements of one of your houses yeah, on this yeah. resource. And they threw they yeah. threw a fit. They're like, how are we gonna wrestle yeah. on hard floor? So get I cheap carpet and, yeah. and a thick pad. <laughs> upgrade <laughs> your pad, not your carpeting. <laughs> just <laughs> upgrade the pad. That's it's what we the practical our, things our that bring sanity. I mean, you said, people are like, oh, this is spring. I'm like, cheap carpet, upgraded pad, wow. so children don't get concussions. And and is so most funny. of like growing up. Or as the boys were like toddlers and then going into elementary, obviously you can't really have like white furniture, white couches. Yeah, slipcovers. We already been Ashley there, babe. Because Ashley bought a cream told me what to do. chair 
and there's like things I'm like I just don't know Throw if that's going to it. flow. Yeah, put a blanket I said, on. Well, it. I didn't ask you if it's gonna flow. Just like let me do my thing here. <laughs> I need some things that are mine. But as soon as I think they're mine, the kids destroy them, and then once again I'm reminded my life is not my own. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, okay, whatever. I, I remember the house we're in right now. We've been in for 15 years, and my husband. I was actually in Canada preaching, and John calls me. He's like, I found our house. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? We live in a house. He's like, no, I found our next house. I'm like, I'm finding the house we're in and he's like no the the holy spirit told me he's going to give us this house we're going to sell the one i'm like oh, wow. you have lost your mind so anyway i go to look at the house and i'm with a friend and i'm like i don't and she said what do you mean you don't know if this is your house this house is indestructible oh, she wow. said this is your house because everything in it is indestructible that's and amazing. that's pretty much how you have to wow, do things indestructible and that's we've lived in it now for 15 years the indestructible Come on, house we indestructible. Come on, we yeah. need it. i have a question um and by the way that resource for anybody who's listening i recommend it to people who who have girls boys like it has so much great parenting um just vision vision for parents and moms and, and raising kids okay so <clears throat> with you and john you guys both um, have really strong personalities clear purpose. Um, I, I love how um, independent that you are with each other, but then obviously you're union together, but independent of one another. And like you, you don't need, like you need each other, but you're strong in your purpose. And I don't know if that's a politically correct way to say something I'm trying to say, but Paul and I, we need help in our marriage <laughs> in the help. sense of our intensity and our, we both have very strong opinions. And how does two strong people um, really complement one another? How, what's worked in y'all's marriage? Talk to us. A sense of humor is a so huge, good. Is a, no, seriously, it's a huge thing. And then realizing that we're allies rather than enemies. Because a lot of times we interact with each other like, this is my idea. This is my idea. And we, we were enemies. We were fighting to hold territory instead of taking ground. And That's when so you're good. married, you're supposed to be taking ground. So you fight yeah for your relationship. So we had to just, to be honest with you, we had to learn some tools because we would get to the place of standstills and we had to be able to say, all right, I am for you and I am your ally. So I need to say things so they can be heard. And so I had to shift how I approached things with John and he had to shift the way he approached it with me so that we both could be heard. And so we have two chairs in our bedroom that we have to sit in those chairs. And when we have conversations, there's no fighting. There's like the no fighting chairs. And so we'll sit and respect one another's opinion. And I, you know, I have a husband who's like a lawyer. Like, so the whole time I'm talking, he's like thinking, I'm like, you're not listening. You're not listening. You're thinking what you're going to say. You know, so I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And so we both had to learn to listen to each other. And part of that was instead of me thinking what I was going to say back to John, I said back to him what he said to me. So I would say, so what you're saying is that you feel, blah, blah, you know, and then I would acknowledge what he was saying. And then I would say, well, at the same time, like, okay, that's your... Let me, let me tell you how that comes across or feels to me. And, and to be honest with you, when we started just respecting each other and actually hearing one another, because I think a lot of times for John and I, John didn't feel heard, I didn't hear, feel heard, and then we just escalated it to a ridiculous level. Sure. 
it took it to a 10 when it needed to be a two. So, uh, and like, you know, here's here's what we've just done is we respect each other's differences. And I love that you were trying to frame it. John and I are not codependent, nor are we independent. We're interdependent. Yeah, that's good. I'm the strongest when John is his best. And he is the strongest when I am my best. And we believe that everything that we do in strength that honors God builds one another. So we're really one. That's so yeah. good. And I think, too, didn't you say there was a time where... Um, John, I remember you sharing this story a few years ago where John realized he needed to let you soar and 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 that you were going to do your thing and he was going to do his thing, but it was going to both be reaching. It was going to be an interdependent thing. So maybe like say a word on that, like how can uh, how can spouses continue to see that and when it's the right time to release that? Yeah. and uh, kind of help help the other step into that. Well, you know, everything in life is seasonal. And sometimes the right thing in the wrong season becomes the wrong thing. Right. And there's a lot of time people are like, I want to go, and God's put something on their life, but they don't, they, it's the wrong season. Like God has seeded it with them, but they don't know what to do with it. And so John and I had to have some conversations. First of all, John is actually the one who pushed me out to speak to the youth when I was in my early 20s. And and he he's the one that really encouraged me to do certain things. And then there was a season where he was gone and I was home taking care of babies. And to me, that was just as valid as any ministry I've ever had in the pulpit. Because John knew that his heart and his home was in safekeeping. Then actually had to, he kind of actually had to, okay, now now you need to be obedient. But then he was kind of like, wait, I don't want you to be that, wait, wait, stop. I don't want you to like eclipse me or whatever. I don't know. So what we had to learn was both of us together are better. And that a man, strong man actually empowers a woman to be strong. It You don't see weak women and strong men. God always meant it to be strong men, strong women. And we add value to one another. And so there's seasons in our life, you know, so there's seasons when John traveled a lot and I stayed home. There's seasons where we both have traveled. I didn't really go overseas or be gone for more than one night until my kids were much older. And so, yeah, so John had to, t- to kind of say, you know what, I, I believe that what's on you is valid, just as valid as what's on me, but doing it in the right season. I think that's really good. And, you know, right now you alluded to this in your message that there's this attack on man right now. Um, The Me Too movement has really stirred up this kind of like we're going to pay back men for all the all the junk they did to women. And so there's this there's this is not going to happen. I mean, even if you punished every single person, it's never going to make right the wrong things that happened. So Me Too is beautiful in the sense that people that were victims found out they weren't alone, and they found their voice. But the wrath of man or woman never works the righteous purposes of God. So there needs to be justice, but not judgment. And what I sense a lot of times is punitive. We're going to make them pay. Well, you know, right now, I'd be afraid to be a man almost. Like, oh, wait, I bumped into your leg. Hey, sexual harassment. We were just talking about this with all the men in our staff. Yes. Because there's this like, hey, I... I, I don't, I'm not done anything, but in this day and age, it's like yeah. accusations are 
flying. Absolutely. And it's like, there's no trial, there's no... Sheryl Sandberg wrote a beautiful article about this, and um, she was saying that the way this is being conducted will actually be counterproductive for women. And, and here's the thing, yes, we, we want women to be safe. Yes, we want women to find their voice and be heard when they have the courage to come out. But punitive and accusatory and this whole like hate thing, no. Because what will happen is men will be afraid to hire women because they're going to be afraid that they'll, they'll, they'll take the accusations to like the table whether it's true or not. So right now we've come to the place where men are guilty and have to prove themselves innocent. Well, women wouldn't want to do that. And so we don't get our justice by punishing people. We get our justice by enforcing God's justice. There has been stuff in the church that has been wrong. There has been stuff in the marketplace that is wrong. And so what we have to do is how do we do this right and, you know, I even had somebody send me a message and they were referring to something that was current and they were like, hey, how come they always restore the pastors, but whoever actually works to restore these women that have been molested or abused and shamed, who is working with that? And that's, that's a sign of the inequity, but punishing people will not make it right. Moving forward with justice will. So I think that we need to be very intentional, but fear is a horrible counselor and if you start to think everybody is suspect or if you're afraid to actually be who god's created you to be then there's going to be a problem wow. so and i think too it affects um it affects single men on how they even feel confident to ask a girl on a date um, or when it's an okay time to hold the girl's hand or and, and i think what you're saying is so important that we've got to come together Men have to be gentlemen. There has to be, uh, th th this is a cry for change. But I really yeah. feel like what you're saying, it's, I well, just wish that they would let you go on all the news outlets and speak on You know this. they're not going to do that because I'm balanced. So here's the thing. What I would love is not just the women to come to the table and say, this is how we feel. Um, and this is what has happened. So I don't want to diminish it. But moving forward, also understanding how the men feel. Uh, I'm a mom of four boys. I was sexually assaulted mm. when I was uh, a young Christian. Wow. And I called my mom, and my mom sadly did not know how to handle it, and she told me it was my fault. And wow. so we, we need to not be those people. Wow. You know, so we need to be able, and, and you know who told me it wasn't my fault? It was John. I wasn't even married to him. I called him, and he said, this is not your fault. It was an attorney in Phoenix on an airplane. So, I, wow. I mean, here I was in a room full of people, and I was unsafe. And, of course, wow. that shame thing says to the woman, you asked for this, you did this, and that shaming. So we, we need to go after the lies of the shame. We need to go after the wounding. We need to expose those that are criminal. Criminal? Yeah. Yeah. That means the answer to the justice system. We don't hide things that are right. criminal. When something happens in the church and it is illegal, it needs to go outside of the church to the jurisdiction yeah. of the law. But what we have had right now is just this jurisdiction of a mob yelling and screaming and everybody is angry. And it's, it's the right thing done the wrong way. Yeah.
Are you, because um, when I've gotten the chance to talk, when Ashlyn, I've gotten the chance to talk with you or John, you guys are very up to date with the news. Are you almost at the same time kind of just like tired of just watching the news or do you guys still try to, is there news outlets where you trust? I mean, you alluded today, like, man, I just feel like. I don't know what to believe anymore. So, you know, I, I, I do go to different feeds but I do also look in and say, what's really going on here? Yeah. Because it just feels like there's an overarching, constant stirring up the pot of well, strife. Well, you got like half of, half of the church watches this channel, half the church watches that yeah. channel. Then millennials are like, I don't give a crap. I don't want to listen to any of it. And then it's like, well, we got to know some stuff. But we just right. don't know who to listen to or where to go. Right. And it's well, like. You know some stuff. Again, you don't know if it's true. Yeah. And so it's, it's a real <laughs> odd stage right now to understand. Yeah what's actually happening, what's being said I that we can trust. So anyways. I I wish I had an answer for that. <laughs> yeah. Could you start no, a news a, network? That's a I deep don't, question, yeah, sorry. I no, I, no I, I mean, here's the thing. I wish we had an answer for that. Um, I do feel like there's huge questions and huge need and obviously problems outside of the church, inside the church. But that whole issue of constantly pointing out problems, accusing, attacking. I see Christians attacking one another and uh, yeah. cowering. And we have to decide as Christians, is our goal to be popular or our goal to be influential? Because popular means common and influential means powerful. And usually the generally held belief is what is popular and common and trendy, but influence outlasts your life. And so we have to just say, so we're going to say what we believe is to be truth, whether we're misunderstood or not misunderstood. Of course, I'm always, I'm always willing to allow my critics to refine me so I can say it better, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to let them define me. I'm not going to let them cause me to back down. If I've said something and I said it not in the best way, I'll say it again in a better way, but I will not back down on the things that God has put in my heart and said, you, you need to say these things. So, so good. What's a, uh, you know, people could look at you, Lisa, and think, man, I don't have a platform or a microphone to share this truth and declare this truth and I'm fired up, you know. How can they take that out to while they're at home with their kids, where they're at the office, where they're at the university, wherever they're at, how can they um, stir that um, prophetic gift and ability to speak the truth wherever they're at, no matter if they're asked or not, like how, how do we take that out in our everyday life? Well, you know, it's, and I do have a lot of people ask me, how'd you get started? How did you get started? I got started by serving and, and I, <coughs> excuse me, I also invited women into my home. So John was a youth pastor and he said, Lisa, these young girls need somebody. And to be honest with you, Ashley, at that point in my life, there were conversations I said, what do, you, what do you guys think about this? How, how do you feel about these magazine covers? How do you feel about this? Don't you feel like you're being sexualized? And, and the conversations that needed to happen happened in groups of two, three, four, five, six. I think that we all have the greatest platform available to us, and that's our life. That's how we live out our Christian faith. And so if I can invite people to my table, in my house, in my neighborhood, so talking to people, because there are so many people that will look at me and go, oh, I'm so glad you said that. I've been thinking that, but I thought it was by myself. Mm -hmm. There are so many people waiting to have a conversation with you. And, you know, I had, I had posted something. Um, actually, it was a video that TBN posted 
Dr. Chris Kane and I were having a conversation. And it was right after a big racial blow up. And she said, Lisa, I'm Australian. Tell me about this. And I said, well, here's the deal. Every Christian everywhere needs to denounce every form of racism. And what we got back was shocking. The people were saying, you and Chris Kane can't do that. You guys are white privileged people. You can't say that. Then I was like, what? The heck, we can't. What, you know, we can say we're these things. Yeah, and so then people were like, well, Lisa's not really white. She's, she's Italian. And so, you know, so I was like, what in the world? This is reverse racism. We need to say what needs to be said. We, we can't say, oh, the label is because I'm white, I can't say something that's right. Or because I'm black, I can't say something. So we needed to actually just kind of get above the labels and start declaring the kingdom truths. And yeah. so, so again, then. conversations. And so when that was happening, I had a sister that I love named Monique, who is black, an NBC correspondent and an attorney. And she said, call me. And we started talking. She said, this is what they're hearing. And I said, well, that's not what I'm saying. And she said, well, this is what they're hearing. And she said, they're upset because there wasn't a black woman in that conversation. And I said, well, do you guys invite me on BET? I said, we need to have this conversation that if you're demanding a place at the table here, then you need to reciprocate that. And so that is a segregation. And so she was like, you know what, you're right. And so we started to talk and she, you know, she explained to me the difference of being a mother of boys as a black woman versus the difference of being a mother of boys as a white woman. That if I say I'm having a talk with my son, that means I'm telling him about sex. But if she says she's having a talk with her son, it means how he behaves himself after dark, you know, if he's walking the streets. And so these kind of things need to happen. And so it stopped polarizing Stop attacking on social media and have the conversation. So it was so helpful to me. Okay. And then she invited me to the Me Too panel at Bishop Jake's, the Me Too Church 2 panel. And I had the privilege of being the only white woman on the panel that was a minister. Everybody else was an attorney. And wow. so, you know, the whole reason for God's authority and throne is justice. And so we know that justice is huge to God. But there's a difference between justice and judgment. He alone wow. is judge. Lisa, thank you for giving extra time after you preach to sit down with us, to do this interview, do this podcast. Um, I know most people already know where to find Lisa on Instagram, on Twitter, her books. This one is the newest one that's out. It's called Adamant. 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 It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Adamant, um, Oklahoma. And you could find all of that at messengerinternational.org, all the uh, resources they have there. Lisa, thank you so much. We love you. I know you got to get home to be with your boys and your grandkids. And we love you guys so much. We love you. And John and I are so proud of you guys. You guys just make us so excited so thank you for doing it well thank, thank you for you. doing the hard things thank you for having three boys go ahead and make it four <laughs> come on all babe. right god Come bless around.